0: Hello and welcome to the Flex. It's Matt St. Jean here for a special episode between Christmas and New Year's, talking Providence at Butler this Thursday night. I'm joined by Michael DeRosa, our Butler writer for Roads of the Garden. How you doing?
1: You know, I'm doing all right. It's it's always good. You know, everybody else is coming back. Our teams get a bit of a break, so but you know, it's always good to talk hoops. Always.
0: Always, always. Uh, just a reminder before we get into this, uh, first, if you're looking for tickets for this game, Thursday night at Hinkle Fieldhouse, we've teamed up with SeatGeek this season to get you the best deals for tickets to your favorite teams. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, and they're here to give you some great deals. Get in on the fun and head over to SeatGeek, download the app, and use code Digest for $20 off your first purchase And also, this podcast is presented by House Enterprise and in partnership with House of College Hoops. Head over to our site, house-enterprise.com, for more info. Make sure to check that out. Now, Michael, this is the first time Providence and Butler have met since the Friars ended the Laval-Jordan era at the Big East Tournament back at Madison Square Garden. You want to catch up, the Friar fans, on what has transpired since Al Durham hit that shot at MSG?
1: Yeah, a lot of chaos. You had um, Coach Jordan getting, as you mentioned, getting canned uh, April 1st. So when I woke up and saw it on my phone, I thought it was an April Fool's joke. No, they just wanted to save money. Uh, Then a little bit of pessimism. Then you bring in Coach Mata, and it's like, I don't know how you pulled that one out, but you did. Props to you. Uh, But almost completely different roster. You'll notice some of the same guys like Chuck Harris, Jaden Taylor, Seamus who coaches. But they are joined by NC State transfer Manny Bates inside. He's pretty good. Eric Hunter, uh Purdue Guard last season. Uh Big East all I mean, excuse me, Big Ten all defensive team. Uh Ali Ali, Jalen Thomas, guys like that, other transfers who are getting healthy. Uh yeah, that's mini right up on Butler. They're eight and five, I believe, now. Uh lost to five pretty good teams. Uh beat eight mm, teams. Uh good Kansas State team. Big win. Uh got smoked by UConn and Tennessee. That's very brief. I think that covers almost all of it.
0: Yeah, that should do it. I mean, the, the losses for Butler this year are, uh, for the most part, all pretty understandable at Penn State. A very good Penn State team this year against Tennessee, against NC State. And then the two two big East games there. Uh, I do not envy the scheduling there, having to deal with Creighton and UConn in the first two games. I don't even think Butler looked bad in either one of those games. You just – Butler is a team that's trying to make the NCAA tournament, and those are games against teams that are trying to win the NCAA tournament. They're in two different worlds.
1: I was – we can get into the nitty-gritty a little later, but I was – I'm fine with the UConn performance. Like, that's a bad matchup, and you look good for 33 minutes, 30 – something like that. Uh, The Creighton game, that was demoralizing. Uh, The point differential says it all in that game. UConn game got got ugly late. It was like a one-point game with like eight minutes left-ish. Uh, Creighton, that game was over at halftime. The guys yeah, just that got one. It.
0: If I'm remembering the math here correctly, uh, Butler led that one 16-7. Yep. And then it got outscored 71-40 to the rest of the way over the final
1: about 32-ish minutes. Yep. Uh, not great. No, not at all. It was... it, was, And like when they got ahead early, it wasn't like... There was no point where you're like, oh, they're, they're winning this game. This is it. It was like they made three bad passes. The ball just fell to them, and they got open looks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. Uh, we're looking at this Butler roster. I think the name that's going to headline it is Manny Bates there at center, the transfer from NC State. For Providence fans, I, I am a huge fan of watching Manny Bates at Butler because he reminds me of Nate Watson. For the Friars the last couple of years. He's a little bit of that kind of back to the basket traditional center in some ways. He's, he'll get some blocks on defense. He's really good around the rim. One of the best shot blockers in the Big East. What do you think he's brought to Butler this year?
1: Man, Manny Bates has, I like the Nate Watson comp. I would say he's a little less physically strong, a little better touch around the rim, but man, Manny Bates has been huge. In games that they've won, the two biggest games are probably the, um, you say the Kansas State game, that was Manny Bates put on a show. He was tw- at 22 points, 10 boards, 9 of 11 shooting. Like, dude, he was incredible that game. He was the difference maker in that game. In the Yale game, and that's a decent Yale team, 22 <laughs> points, 7 boards. Again, great game. In the BYU game, he only had 14, but it was like he was really impactful. Multiple, like, assists. He's a decent passer for a big guy, too, which is kind of, like, surprising. Good athlete, man. He he is a complete difference maker, and the defense is so much better. Going from a guy like Bryce Golden, who isn't like a legit shot blocker, isn't like a physically imposing presence, to Manny Bates just makes so much of a difference. And man, they had six guys. Butler had six guys for a lot of time this year. Manny Bates is conditioning, a big guy who can play forty minutes of a physically intense game. That, geez, those that is not easy whatsoever. It was incredibly <laughs> no. impressive, and he was. He was the reason Butler has stayed afloat in the season so far. I, would, He's the guy.
0: Yeah, he's been huge. Uh, you talk about the difference in shot blocking. Butler uh, was 311th in shot block percentage on defense last year, and now up to 57th in the country coming into this game Thursday night. Now, Yeah, that's, that's night and day, what you can do around the rim there. Now, if we come a little bit away from the basket, I think we talked about this last week. Ali Ali is healthy. He's only played two games this year. He's going to – well, he's the four for you guys, power forward?
1: Probably. It's a lot of four-out, one-in. It yeah. feels like more just four guards.
0: So he's He is defensively probably going to be the guy that has to handle Bryce Hopkins is, I think, what's most important here. Guy – I know we talked about this. Guys in that role, particularly Keionde Johnson for Kansas State, have given Butler issues this year – that was before Ali Ali came in. Do you think that his presence is going to be a significant factor in this one because he'll be a step up?
1: Not particularly. I'm, I, I'm not. Bryce Hopkins is that dude. Like, you look at a guy like Keontae Johnson, very similar to Bryce Hopkins, as you mentioned. 6'6, 230, but like a built, chiseled 230. He just completely bullied Butler. He had 22 points, didn't miss a shot, and had, I think, like nine or 10 boards. Uh, 12 boards. My bad. 20 points, 12 boards. My bad. <laughs> probably faster better athlete Ooh, cut out lag we move on (laughs) like just excellent athlete oh get on me
0: timbers (laughs) i can hear you keep on going we good yeah
1: yeah uh bryce hopkins good athlete like very probably more athletically sound both guys can space you out shoot the three against what butler did against keontae johnson i'm expecting very similar against bryce hopkins is they kind of they did everything to deny him the ball but then once he gets the ball it's like all right just If we can get a steal, great. If not, we'll leave a guy on an island. Hopefully, we get a stop. Don't let anyone else go off. I expect him to do almost the exact same thing with Bryce Hopkins. I expect Bryce Hopkins to have a big game. And this is a tough matchup for Ali Ali, just coming off of a broken nose and a concussion. Bryce Hopkins, physical. He's pretty physical, too. Sometimes that stuff just gets in your head. You're like, I don't want to get hit with an elbow here or there, stuff like that. So I still think Bryce Hopkins goes ballistic.
0: I think that's going to be the matchup to watch in this one, at least when the Friars have the ball. How does Butler try to defend him? Can they take him away? So if they can't, that that right there could make this a very, very long night for the Bulldogs. Now, of course, you mentioned the Kansas State game. Butler did win the Kansas State game, despite the defensive issues in that one. I want to talk about this Butler offense here, because I think the other interesting storyline here is Butler's three-point shooting and how inconsistent it has been This year and for a couple seasons now going up against the Friars defense, three point defense that has just not been good this year. It's gotten better as of late, but it has not been a very good three point defense. And this kind of feels like uh, two weaknesses going against each other for each one of these teams. I'm interested to see how it plays out.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I three point shooting for Butler has been big in games they either win or lose and wins. By the way, I calculated this credit to me. I mean, come on. (laughs) Numbers guy right here. Big math guy. Oh, yeah, Mr. Math. I'm so good with Google calculator, you have no idea. (laughs) In wins, Butler is 67 of 161 from three. That's 41%. 41 41.6%. That's really good. Really good. In losses, 21 of 92. 22%. That is terrible. Those numbers are staggering. If Butler's not hitting shots, they're not going to win a game. They can hit threes? It's going to be a long night, so... If Providence's yeah. three point defense isn't showing up and it really hasn't this season, it could be some points scored.
0: Yeah. And this is could be a get right game for a team that's looking to shoot the ball a little bit better. Uh, I think w- uh, one part of this is Eric Hunter. Uh, he was a guy I actually scouted a lot this offseason because I was curious about him. He's like, he's the type of guy who, uh, again, another comparison for Fryer fans, he's like A.J. Reeves in that you're kind of going to know in the first five minutes if he's having a good game or not. He's either hitting shots and being aggressive and assertive and knows what he's doing, or he's going to take a backseat and all his shots are going to be late. They're going to be contested. They're not going to be in rhythm. And it's just not going to be on that now, is that. Is that what you've seen from him this year? I know that's what they got at Purdue.
1: Yeah, 100%. That you hit the nail on the head. Uh, it's almost like in those same games, though, he's not as active defensively. Like, he kind of gets in his own head a bit, which you don't really expect from a grad transfer senior. Um, But, yeah, in his last – in the two Big East games, he is 2 of 14 from the field for four points. You need better than that out of a guy who's playing 61 minutes in those games. He is going to need to step up. If you want to win Big East games, you need Eric Hunter being that guy. You want to win big games, Eric Hunter's going to have to step up. And maybe not – he doesn't have to be the guy scoring, but hit a couple open shots and get teammates in good spots to where they can score. Eric Hunter's going to have to take a leap up, and he's definitely capable of it.
0: Yeah, I think he's a guy who could. you could also compare to Al Durham, who was in Providence last year, a Big Ten transfer to the Big East, who took kind of a complementary role in the offense, but also hit the shots when needed, made big plays, and had good plays at the defensive end, too, played with toughness. Like Eric Hunter can be that guy for this Butler team. I We just haven't seen that same consistency from him.
1: Yeah, not at all. He... In games, like, man, it's just – you can tell in the first, like, minute or so. If you're getting good Eric Hunter, it's like, all right, we're screwed here. Or, oh, we got this. Like, BYU game, 19 points, 6 of 9. I think he got going early. Same thing in the Kansas State game, 5 of 11, 13 points. Not great, but, like, he was active defensively. His he, Him stopping Marquise noel on the other end, Marquise noel was, like, 5 of 15. Very good guard for Kansas State. Kind of like – never mind. That's a bad comparison. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like you need him getting going versus against Penn State, one of 10. And like mo- mo- more or less, your three biggest games, four biggest games even, you throw Tennessee in there too. He just hasn't been the guy, and you lose those games. You need him. If you want to win big games, you need Eric Hunter to be something.
0: Yep. He has been in double figures for every Butler win and in single digits for four out of the five losses. There you go. Yeah, Uh, so this is the Balter team. We'll just go down the stats here real quick. Chuck Harris is the leading scorer. He's got fourteen a game. Manny Bates thirteen and a half. Jaden Taylor thirteen and a half there uh, as a sophomore. I think he's been a a real nice player for Thad Mata and the Bulldogs. Seamus Lacocious eleven points, also the assist leader there. Eric Hunter ten and ten point nine points. I do notice the rebounds seem to be very very spread out here in a, an interesting way. Four guys averaging over four rebounds per game, but then there's a drop-off after Eric Hunter. We, of the guys who have played most of this season, you go from 10.9 points a game to 3.4 with Pierce Thomas. This is where you're hoping some of those transfers we talked about step up. Ali Ali in two games, six and a half points a game. Jalen Thomas in two games, four points per game. That's that depth the Thadmod is looking for. And I think that can make Butler a different team here in Big East play than the team we saw in non-conference.
1: Man, you talk about like a rough start to the schedule. You guys are finally getting healthy and you have to go against UConn at home on the road against Creighton. It's like, gosh, man, no favors. No favors by the schedule gods and the injury gods. It's just came together. No. No, not at all.
0: And this you is didn't... where I think I think this is where for the Friars you get kind of a little bit scared going into this one because you're going to be facing a desperate team here. Uh, there's a big difference between losing two in a row and losing three in a row, especially with one of those games at home here and this is it's it's not a must win for Butler but it feels close to it for this team to be a tournament team. Whereas the Friars just got a pair of really good wins under their belt before Christmas. So I think you're in this interesting point where the the motivation level for each one of these teams may be a little bit different. The Friars are, might have to be extra locked in at the start of this.
1: They say hungry dogs run faster. That's definitely going to be tested. Um, and you talk about like this break too. Providence goes into Christmas. Oh mercy, we're oh family. We come on. We're so good. We're the best. Butler goes into Christmas. We're like, we've lost two games by combined on forty-four points. Nah. They ain't no fun, ain't no Christmas, nothing. We got to lock in. We got to win some games. So just I feel like the in the beginning, because last game, as I mentioned earlier, it looked like Butler quit. It kind of looked like they just were like, no, we're done. Thad questioned their toughness at one point. I think Creighton mm-hmm. immediately after that went on like an 8-0 run. That was it. They got killed on the glass. Butler's not a particularly good rebounding team, as you mentioned. They're like in the 200s and like defensive rebounding percentage. I just found that while you were talking. <laughs> Um, like they're just—it's if you play like that against Providence, if you try to play like scared against Providence, you are not beating an Ed Cooley team. That is not happening. Nope. Providence, nope. you—you are—you have to play tough if you want to play Providence. And they backed down last game. You can't back down in this one.
0: No, well, I think that's—I think one of the things that makes this series interesting too is we talked about the game at MSG last year. Where, by the way, this is the Friars are on a nine-game rest coming into. This game this week, they were in a nine-day nine, ga- nine day rest going into that tournament game against Butler. They kind of laid an egg against Butler, but pulled out enough to get the win. But you go back earlier into the season, and the game that kind of gets lost in there, the Friars have a letdown there at home against Villanova, the only home loss they had all last season. They go on the road at Butler without Al Durham, who's banged up, and they almost lose that one. They barely pull out a win. They were down huge, huge in that game. They were down by 19 points at Hinkle last year and were able to actually pull a comeback in overtime, had some crazy plays there at the end of overtime to come away with the win. A truly bizarre game in every way. There was a players-only meeting uh, on the sideline of that one, too, about partway through from the Friars to kind of get them going. And these teams have played a couple of weird games. But like, weird things happen at Hinkle. Weird things happen when you get a lot of rest and you can be a little bit rusty. I don't know. This is this feels like a game where the stats are not going to tell the full story going into it.
1: Oh, I would agree 100%. But you said one thing and I would – I'd kill, kill to say my team laid an egg against Villanova and for that game to be close with five minutes left. I'd kill for that. Oh, my gosh.
0: It's God. Let me tell you – That game, I did some of the math on that one last year, and I've now realized Ken Palm kind of has a tool for it. My math was not that (laughs) necessary. I think the Friars trailed for something for over thirty minutes in the game, but for like for most of the game, it was between one and two possession difference. Like that game was within striking distance the entire time, but the Friars basically never led. One of the strangest games I've never felt like it was never a blowout but the Friars never felt like they ever had control. It felt like the, the got out to a lead right off the bat and then it just stayed at that margin for 40 minutes.
1: Yeah, I remember watching that game. That fe- that feels about right. That feels about – you definitely remember it better than I do, but that, I remember <laughs> just that game being, like, close at the end. Bynum hits a big shot, and you're like, oh, 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 and then Gillespie hits a shot, and you're like, oh, damn it. Well,
0: and it was – I wrote an article about that one Villanova abused the same thing all game long with that high screen and the Friars were dropping on it. And it happened on the, it happened on the first basket of the game. And it happened on the last basket of the game for Villanova. And it was just like those two in there, both threes in both of those baskets that felt like the margin, like that was the game right there. Those two.
1: Man, going back to the Butler Providence game last year, uh, the one in Hinkle, I was there. Mm -hmm. I was, Like front student section, and I always took the side closest to the opponent because you can hackle. That's more fun thing. But, man, I just remember that game. And it's like, man, we feel like halftime we're up pretty big. We're like, oh, we got this. Then you extend the lead a little. It's like, oh, my, they might actually win. And it's like, ah, never mind. It's Providence. I think Jared Bynum in a couple big shots. But I remember Nora Horkler, I believe, went ballistic. Like they ran a couple of sets for him. And it's like, ah. And he just made everything. It was just so many just ridiculous shots and the game goes to overtime you're like there there's no way Butler pulls this one off no shot yeah. they didn't
0: Watson Watson perfect. had Watson had 22, Horkler had 15 points, 3 of 8 from deep. One of those three is I don't I don't know if it was the one to tie. It. I know I remember him hitting one late, buying him 18 points. That was in the middle of his red hot February yep. where he just was not was not missing. He was on on that one and five assists for him and, Uh, Yeah, it was just—it's funny you look back at some of these sets. Uh, Andrew Fonts had a three in that game for the Friars. I think that was at the end of the first half. The walk-on, who Ed Cooley likes to, Ed Cooley likes to throw in a walk-on if he's not happy with his team's effort. He'll just throw one in there, run a press on defense, and let the guy go get some fouls, and then send the other guys back in there and say that's how it's done.
1: Uh, man, my, my, um, AAU coach would do almost the exact same thing <laughs> to the, DeRosa, get in there. Fucking take it to him. Got it, coach. Anytime.
0: Sounds about right. Hey, you know what? Watch out. Cause Thad Motta might do it to you too. Oh, You're going right. to get a call from the bench there.
1: Yeah. We've got the guy. Finally, we've got a rock where you can say, all right, yo, out. Yeah. Put effort in. Find, you have enough guys where you can finally do something like that.
0: Yeah. All right. I want to, I want to start to wrap this up here. Well, before we do that one last question, we're at the end of 2022 here and we're getting into the, about the halfway mark of Fadmata's first season back at Butler. What are your impressions on what you've seen so far?
1: This is a tough, a really tough Butler team to get like a full, complete, like I know I've watched every second of every game just about, and you struggle to be like, I, I don't know if I really have a great grasp on this team. It's really weird. But what I, my impression of them so far is they're a well-coached group. They don't foul a ton. Like they were in the bottom, like they were the team that fouled the fewest in the country before the Creighton game when they just kind of started fouling a ton and just were like, all right, we're done, foul. But they're still second in the country in fewest fouls. Very disciplined defensively. They're a smart team. They're not, they're kind of like a jack of all trades, but master of none. You're good at, kind of good at everything. You have a good center. You can rebound well enough. You can shoot well enough. You can, you have playmakers who do enough, but you're never like elite at any one thing. They're not great athletically. Like teams like Tennessee and UConn just destroyed them athletically. NC State, just quicker. But at the same time, it's like, I this team is smart. They don't foul. They defend well. It's tough to get easy buckets against Butler. But, and like, they come in with like a good game plan. Almost every time you're like, all right, this is this game plan. Aside from the Penn State game, this game plan like sh- it puts them in a position to win a game. They're smart, but they're not. I don't know. They're just not there yet. They're not where mm-hmm. you want them to be. That's that's my impression so far. It's a tough team to get like a grasp on.
0: So if Butler does end up winning this one, what's the what's the headline after the game?
1: Bounce back, big bounce back win. This is much needed win. Build some momentum. You play, I believe it's Georgetown and DePaul in the next two. Got to win those two. Three and two in the conference. That looks pretty good, especially when you've played the two best teams in the conference. Granted, you've also played the two worst, but still. You can manipulate that headline and make yourself look great. But, man, you need this win. You need for the momentum, really. Like, mm-hmm. you cannot. 0-3, oh, it's, it's crippling. It's just, no, I don't want to be there. You're going to have to win this one. You're going to have to pull it out against a tough Providence team. You're going to have to grit it out. You're going to have to show the stuff that Butler is known for and not the game we saw against Creighton.
0: I think unlike the games these two teams played last year, the Friars can't afford to get down early in this one. I think that'll be a much tougher test to come back, especially because if Butler gets hot early, uh, I mean, we saw them get hot early against Creighton and then not be able to hold on. But with the Friars' defense, it feels like if Butler comes out hot at home, then they might just stay hot, and it's not really going to matter what else do you do. Uh, I think the Friars kind of found that out the hard way last year, up going up to Marquette on the road early in conference play, and you just let the other team get hot, and that's it—you run away with the game. I think. I mean, I, I I think Butler can do that too. Butler has the talent to do that. There's a lot of depth in this guard room. A lot of guys who can go off. So I think. For the Friars, for both teams, to win the first five minutes, win the first two media timeouts there.
1: Yeah, Uh, you got to get off to a hot start, especially I would say more so almost for Butler, just because you start 0-2 and you lose games big in the end. Mm -hmm. You need to get out and say, no, we're still here. We're not giving up. Because if you show any glimpse of weakness against a Providence team, they're going to attack, and that game is over. Like, done.
0: Yeah. So so let's hear your prediction for it. Who wins?
1: I think Bryce Hopkins goes ballistic. That being said, I think Butler wins this game. I think it plays out very similar to that Kansas State game. I think the rosters are kind of similar in that mm-hmm. Bryce Hopkins, Keontae Johnson, then you have a guy like Jared Bynum who could go off and could be that guy, like a Marquis Noel, but a good setup guy going up against Eric Hunter. I think those are the key matchups. I think Providence is better depth in like you can have like they have Desi Sills who can go off. I think Alan Breed, same thing. He can do that. Noah mm-hmm. Locke, guys like that. But I think Butler pulls out a close one. I think hungry dogs run faster. This is a huge, huge game for Butler. I would say like a seventy-five, like sixty-seven type game. I think Butler pulls it yeah. out close. To the whole.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I think the the one other magic we didn't touch on in there, just from the Friars perspective, is how you defend Manny Bates in the paint. I don't know how well Ed Croswell is going to do it. That's going to put burden on Clifton Moore and Rafael Castro, both of whom have struggled defensively this year. So that'll be something to watch. If they can control Manny Bates on defense, and I think they will, I think Ed Cooley's defense is going to bounce back in the paint a little bit there. I'm going to say the Friars get this win. I think it's going to be close, but not too close. Kind of the reverse of what you said. We'll do the same numbers, but opposite teams.
1: I see it. Uh, Chuck Harris, though, has due for one of those games where he just goes ballistic. If that if that's no. here, that, actually, he plays at Georgetown next game. That's a homecoming, so maybe that's the spot. But that's here.
0: Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. That's why I think if you're a Friar fan coming into this one, you get a game at DePaul on New Year's Day, which should be a win based on the way DePaul has been playing this year. You've already got two wins under your belt, including a road win against Seton Hall and a ranked win against Marquette. If you lose the game, this one's not a bad one to drop. Obviously, you want, it. You want to win every game, yeah. but there's no there's no shame in losing this one if you lose it.
1: You lose in Hinkle. Butler's look so much better in Hinkle than on the road. Aside from the UConn game, they've been like, the, you have some of the big best games of the year in Hinkle. And that, like and that some, feels
0: like an evergreen comment. That's the oh, same yeah. every year.
1: I actually, I have a buddy of mine's a manager on the team. Uh, One Mm -hmm. of my classmates. And he was just like, yeah, Thad Mott, he'll say like, I don't lose at home. Don't lose at home. You cannot. No, you are not losing at home. That is not happening. He emphasizes so much that you need to win at home. And this Mm -hmm. is one of those games where if you want to make the tournament, you are going to need to beat Providence on a good rest. You're going to, you more or less need this game. And I think Hungry Dogs run faster.
0: Yeah. Well, you uh, you heard it there, folks. Michael Rosa predicting the Butler win. There, a must-win game for the Bulldogs at Hinkle Fieldhouse. This one is going to be a Thursday night tip at uh at six thirty Eastern. Is that six thirty Eastern or six thirty local?
1: Uh, Eastern and local. Indy is still um EST. I
0: always forget about that. That always trips me up.
1: When yeah, I thought was I was just... going to school, I thought it was Central too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So that'll be 6.30 Eastern time. Third, the night at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Find this one on Fox Sports 1. It's the 10-3, and 2-0 in the Big East Providence. Friars against the 8-5, 0-2 in the Big East. Butler Bulldogs. Friars looking for another win against them. Thanks for joining me, Michael. Tell the people where they can find you.
1: Hey, anytime. At MDTheDream on Twitter, Road to the Garden. You, gotta, you know the Road to the Garden account. Come on, you have to, please. <laughs> the best, Biggie. If you want to follow Biggie Soup, you got to. Road to the Garden. I'll be, all my yeah. stuff's on there. House Enterprise, you want to find anything I write, all up there. Let's go. Ready to roll. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Go check out that stuff. Go check out our content at uh, Road to the Garden there as well. I'm sure we're going to have some stuff after this one. But uh, for now, thanks for joining. And we'll talk to you. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming Joe is going to be back on. And we'll probably be talking to you between Thursday night and Sunday afternoon at some point. To recap this and talk about a Providence at DePaul game as the Friars round out this trip to the Midwest. Thank you for listening.